All right, Tabosai, good morning, good morning, let us begin. So first of all, let's begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for Adar Aleph, to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Sherman Drushos this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Zechariah ben Zechariah and Dina Basrab Dov. To thank Art and Sherry Miller for dedicating all the Sherman Drushos this month in loving memory of Art's brother, Richard Miller, Ruvain Ben Bitzalal Verachal, to thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Ayal and Sarah Steinberg, for their Fuah Shleimah Shulamis Bas Susha, our Day of Learning sponsors, Adam and Leslie Rosen, in commemoration of the yard site of Adam's grandfather, Tadrus Ben Shlomo Zalmin, Zichron Levracha. Our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Gabi and Shana Kohn, in commemoration of the yard site of Gabi's grandfather, Alvin Kohn, Avram Ben Rabiakov Hakoin, Zichron Levracha. And to thank Ellen Kahn Zager for dedicating the shir today in memory of her father, Sammy Kahn, Reb Shlomo HaKoin, Zichron Lebracha, whose love of learning defined him on his yard site, the 26th of Adar. Incredible. Also to thank one additional sponsor today, to thank Tali and Michelle Strum for dedicating the daft this morning in honor of the Siddur party of their oldest grandchild, Adira. Mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov. Siddur b'simcha and emir Hashem, all of our tefillos should be ola adler akia. All right, the boys with that. I think that's our first siddur party dedication in the history of the daf. Mamish, so beautiful, so beautiful. All right, the with that. Let us let us begin with a beautiful, beautiful daf. I don't want to say Akiva for the beautiful shir yesterday. We are beginning on Daf Yod Ches Amud Aleph. We are picking up 10 lines down. So a little bit kind of mid-sugya. So remember again, the Gemara says, Michlal de Tarvayu Sfir Luhu Decholo Shamoid Aser Ba'asiyas Melocha. So the Gemara explains over here that picking up on yesterday's conversations that both according to Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, both opinions hold that Halacha Lamaisa during Chalamaid one is not permitted to perform any level of malacha. So the Gemara says, Minhani, I will say this in general is an interesting discussion because Chalamaid, remember again, one need not look any further than the name to understand how much difficulty and almost inherent contradiction occurs during these days. Chal Hamoid, right? So there are days that are Chal, Chal means mundane. Moed, well, Moed itself just means a convocation, right? Moed just means an appointed time. But generally, again, for our purposes, Moed has a connotation of Yamtiv. So which one is it? Is it a Chal? Is it a Moed? And the answer is, yes, right? The answer is that Chalamayid, I will say, you should know in general, Chalamayid, I've always felt, is the time that really captures the essence of the Jew. Because isn't every day, to a certain degree, chalamayid, right? Isn't, isn't that my goal? Isn't that my aspiration in life? To take the chal and to make it into a moid. To take that which is mundane and ultimately extract and uplift or extract the holiness and therefore uplift the mundane by finding something holy within it. But nevertheless, the Gemara says that everyone agrees that chalamayid is asr ba'asiyas malachi. You're not allowed to do malachan chalamayid. So the Gemara says, Minhani Mili. So from where do you know that you're not allowed to do malachan chalamayid? So the Gemara says, the Tanarabanan, es chagamatos tishmar shivas yamim. Torah says, you should go and observe chagamatos for seven days. Limate so from that Pasuk, obviously it's a much longer drush than what the Gemara is highlighting over here. But from the fact that the Pasuk says, that teaches us that one is not permitted to go ahead and do Malacha. We're using this one? Not this one. 
Good. Perfect. So I'll say, so the, the, remember when like Sheer just used to be Sheer? You know, people would show up, they would learn. If you came, you came. You didn't. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Should I take that? I feel chashev. Like if I, okay, good. So, 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 so the Gemara says as follows. So therefore, limed, limed al cholo shomoi shaaser baasias malacha di Rabbi Yosha. So we'll say the Gemara says as follows that alacha lemaisa we learn from here that chalamai you're not allowed to do malacha. And if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here is chagam masos tishman shabas yomim limed al cholo shomoi shaaser baasias malacha darish be as chagam masos tishmar bechal tishmar as haras lo sasi. Okay, so we'll say we we're, again. This is not really our primary sugi right now, so we're not going to delve into the complexities of the drasha. But suffice it to say, the Gemara learns out from this pasuk that you're not allowed to do malacha on chalamay. Rabbi Yoshia, Rabbi Yonason Omer, Einot Tzarech. Rabbi Yonason says, I don't need a pasuk. Why not? It's a kalvachomer. What's the kalvachomer? Umar Rishon Ushvi Shin Kedusha Lifnein Ulacharein Aser Basias Malacha. Now both say the first day and the seventh day of Pesach which have no Kedusha prior to them. In other words, I will say, the first day, right, the first day of Yom, the first day of Pesach, has no Kedusha before it. The seventh day of Pesach, we're going to see when the Gemara says, doesn't have Kedusha before it, means the day before the seventh day of Pesach is not a complete Yom Tiv. And yet, and yet, yet days one and day seven, one is not allowed to do Malacha, then certainly again, which I will say does have Kiddusha before it and after it. Before it is what? Day one. After it is day seven. Certainly again, it should be Asr Basias Malacha. There should be a prohibition of Malacha. The Gemara says, Here's the problem with that Kavachomer. It doesn't work. Because look at the six days of creation. How so? Shiyesh kidusha lifnehen ula acharein. This is actually very interesting. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Have kidusha before it, right? Shabbos before it. And have Shabbos that comes after it. And yet, umutharin ba'asiyas malacha. And yet, I will say, ultimately again, six days, right? Not only are the six days of the week mutter ba'asiyas malacha, but what? There is an obligation, this beautiful Sasemis. The Sasemis says, Sheshes Yamim Tasamalachtecha, Ubeyama Shvi Shabbos. So the Sasemis says, People don't understand. People look, Sheshes Yamim Tasamalachtecha, for six days you shall do your work. People often look at that as a heter malacha, right? It's a heter to work during the six days of the week, and Shabbos not to work. Sasemis says, No, it's not a heter, it's a mitzvah, it's a tzivui. Work hard during your week, whatever it is that you do in life. Work hard, work hard. But I will say, this applies to even a person who Baruch Hashem is supposed to learn full time, right? Whatever you do during the week, you have to work hard. There's no such thing as taking it easy. means be a hard worker in life. You're a professional, work hard in your profession. You're a learner, work hard in your learning. Whatever you do, Give it a thousand percent. There's no such thing as strolling through life. There's no such thing as taking it easy. We take it easy after 120. You have an eternity to take it easy after that. But while we're alive, each and every day, work hard, put in your effort. Only those who work hard during the six days of the week really get to enjoy what Shabbos truly is. So the idea over here is Shabbos is different. Malashesh is Shein Bahim Karba Mosof. 
Okay, six days of, during the week are different. They don't have a carbon mosaf. Chalamayit has a carbon mosaf. So we'll say, so according to this limon, it's interesting. So Chalamayit has Kiddusha before it, that's day one. Kiddusha after it, that's day seven. Carbon mosaf, that's biblical, each and every day. So you put all of that together and ultimately that creates, at least according to, at least according to, uh, Rabbi Yonah's son, that creates the source for the Isser Malacha on Chalamaid. I Rosh Chodesh Yochiach, but Rosh Chodesh could destroy that, that, that Kalvachomer. How so? Shiyeshpo Karba Mosaf, because Rosh Chodesh does have a Karba Mosaf, right? Umutar Ba'asiyas Malacha, but yet again, there's no Isser Malacha on Rosh Chodesh. You're allowed to do Malacha, to which the Gemara says, here's a difference. Mal Rosh Chodesh, She'en Karoi Mikra Kodesh. Rosh Chodesh is never called the Mikra Kodesh. It's never called the Holy Convocation. Tomar b'cholol shalmoed shekarai Mikra Kodesh. Chalamayid is called Mikra Kodesh. So we'll say, so what you begin to see is, we're adding like a lot of stuff on top of this. So first of all, again, there's an Isra Malacha on day one, Isra Malacha on day seven. Chalamayid is sandwiched in between, right? So you have before Isra Malacha, after Isra Malacha, now we have a Karba Mosaf on Chalamayid. Now it's also called Mikra Kodesh. So you begin to see we're putting all of these things together in order to arrive at the conclusion that there is an Isr Asiyas Malacha. One is not allowed to do Malacha on Chalamayid as well. I says the Gemara, one second, one second. Halavakai Mikra Kodesh, Dinhu, Shasr Asiyas Malacha. And once it's called Mikra Kodesh, right? It's really, once it's called Mikra Kodesh, plus all of these other things, there's the Karba Mosaf. And in addition to that, it's sandwiched in between days one and day seven, where there is an Isr Malacha. All of that together, but the primary piece being that it's called Mikra Kodesh, it's enough to tell you that on Chalamayid, one is not permitted to go ahead and do Malacha. Tanya Idach, I'm another Braisa. Komalechas avoda lo sasu. But say, can't do any Malacha. Any Malacha avoda you can't do. Limeid al Cholal Shalmoid. Sha'asher basiyas Malacha de Riyosiyach Lili. So what's Riyosiyach Lili learns out from the Pasuk of Kol Melechas avoda lo sasu. You're not allowed to do any Malacha. He learns out from there that Halacha Lamaisa. You can't do Malacha and Chalamayin. Now, Bosi, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi points out that here, Kamalacha Savodah Lo Sasu, Vesomichle, Shivas Yom Takriv Yishal Hashem. So, Bosi, remember again, right next to that Pasek, right next to that Pasek that you can't do any Malacha, is a Pasek that talks about all seven days of Pesach, you're not allowed to do Malacha. Or I should say, all seven days of Pesach, you have to offer up a carbon, excuse me. So the Gemara says, Limina Cholo Shamoid, Vahaki Darish, I'm reading Rashi, Lo Sasu Shivas Yomim, Ubechaga Sukos Ksiv, excuse me, I made a mistake, not, not Pesach, but by Sukis. Vala Kaima Hachmas Nisa Vutaras Khanim. Shabbos, I hear a little bit of a different Russia. Here, the Gemara sees a juxtaposition to the phrase, Komalechas Avodo Lo Sasu, and right after that, it speaks about the seven days of Sukis. So the juxtaposition of the Isra Malacha to a discussion of all seven days tells me that when does the Isra Malacha apply on Sukkis? To when? All seven days. And all seven days by definition includes Chalamaid. Beautiful. David Rabbi Yosei These are the words Rabbi Yosei Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi says, No, I don't need this Rasha. Eino Tzarech. Harehu Omer. Eile Moadeh Hashem. The Pasuk says, These are the Moadim of Hashem. B'me'akas of Medaber. Now, what is the Pasuk referring to? Im Berishom, Harikvar Ne'emar Shavason. If it's talking about the first day of Yom Tiv, Torah already calls the first day of Yom Tiv Shavason. 
In Bishvi'i, if it's talking about the seventh day of Yom Tiv, Harik Varne'emar Shabbason. Shabbosai, the Torah explicitly calls days one and day seven, day one and day seven of Yom Tiv, Shabbason. Rabbosai, we know what does Shabbason automatically mean? What does Shabbason mean? No malacha. No malacha. Okay. So I say, so watch, watch what's happening over here. Right? So Rabbi, Ak- Rabbi Akiva says like this. Rabbi Akiva says, the Torah gives me a phrase, Eile Moade Hashem. These are the Moadim, the Yom Tovim of Hashem. So again, we're assuming that whatever is called a Moed carries it that it is from Allah. So what is it referring to? If it's referring to days one or seven of Yom Tiv, I don't need that Pasuk. Why? Because it already calls those days Shabbason, which means a cessation from Melacha. So therefore, what? Ultimately, again, the Pasuk, must be talking about And it's teaching us ultimately again that Allah there is an Isr Asiyas Malacha by these days of Khalamaid. Beautiful. Tanya Idak was another Braisa. Sheshes Yamim first wide line on Khasim Dalit. Sheshes Yamim Tocha Matzos. Uba Yom Hashvi Yatzaris La Hashem. The Pasik says for six days you shall eat matzah. And on the seventh day, it'll be an atzeres. We'll say atzeres also means atzeres. We're if we translate atzeres as a yomtiv, but the truth is the real etymological root of atzeres is atzor, a stoppage. A stoppage, right? Which also, again, refers to malacha. So we'll say now the Torah says that the seventh day is an atzeres. So just like on the seventh day, atzor, I have to stop doing malacha, so too for the previous days, because we'll say in this Pasuk, the Torah is linking the sixth days of Pesach with the seventh day of Pesach. It's calling the seventh day of Pesach, calling the seventh day of Pesach, ultimately again in Atzeres, right? Telling you just like on the seventh day of Pesach, you can't go ahead and, just like on the seventh day of Pesach, you can't do Malacha. So, so too again on the previous days, you can't do Malacha as well. Ima Atsur Bikhomalacha. Well we'll say if you're doing that, then Halacha Lamaisa would say, just as like on the seventh day, you can't do any malacha. You can't do any malacha. Afsheshes Yomimatsurim Bikhomalacha. So we'll say if that's the drasha, maybe I would say like this. Just like on day number seven, let her do any malacha. Then we'll say now it's not when we say any malacha, we know it's not totally true. In other words, remember it's Yamtib. So what are you allowed to do? Okam Nafesh. But again, but big adult, so to speak, you know, in a general sense, in a general sense, you know, I'll do malacha. Av sheishes yomim atzurim b'chol malacha. So to again, for six days, I would think you know, I'll do any malacha. No, so we'll say maybe, maybe. So we'll say here's what's interesting. Remember, everyone's agreeing on one central point. Everyone, right? We have we have harbei drachim l'makom. Right? There are many different pathways to Hakadosh Baruch There are many different pathways to this conclusion, but the conclusion is agreed upon, which is. You're not allowed to do malacha on chalamaid. So think, Marcelo, one second, maybe, maybe what that means is you can't do any malacha on chalamaid. Because remember, at this point in time, that what we're doing is we're, prepared, we're, we're comparing the six days of Pesach to the seventh day of Pesach. Just like the seventh day of Pesach is in Atzeres, so the previous six days, which include chalamaid, are in Atzeres. Oh, well, maybe that means that on chalamaid, you mamish can't do any malacha. To which the Gemar says, "Ima shvi atzur bechomalacha." It's af sheishes yamim atzurim bechomalacha. So maybe just like the seventh day, there is a complete and comprehensive iser malacha. You can't do anything on day number seven. Maybe that's true on chalamayda as well. Tamad lomar ubayom ashvi atzeres. 
Hashvi'i atzor b'chomolacha. The seventh day is asr by all malacha. Ve'en shisha yamim b'chol malacha. I'm sorry, ve'en shisha yamim atzorim b'chol malacha. But the previous six days, which are not asr in all malacha. Well, remember again, the first day of Yom Tiv has its own limud, right? It has its own teaching. So the Gemara said, L'masr na'kasav, elo l'chachamim l'omar l'cha, e'ezo yom asr, ve'ezo yom mutar, e'ezo malacha asura, ve'ezo malacha muteres. Shabbat said, this is absolutely incredible. So ultimately, again, the Gemara says, here's what we know. Here's what we know. I know days one and day seven, and this applies both to Sukkis as well as to Pesach, are Asr b'malacha. I know that the intermediate days that we call Chalamayr also are Asr b'malacha. Again, take your pick from the drashas, right? We have a whole variety of drashas. But the conclusion is the same, which is you can't do Malacha and Chalamayr. Rabbi said, what's missing from the picture? What's missing from the picture? What types of malacha can't I do on Chalamayr? Right? What types of malacha? To which the Gemara says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us, gives us the framework. Chalamayr should be not a regular Chal. Also doesn't have to be a complete Moed. So some things are Asr, some things are Mutter. And he left it in the hands of Chazal to determine what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do on Chalamay. Take a look at Rashi. See, what's interesting. So the Torah tells me, the Torah tells me that Chalamayit is atzurin b'malacha, which means I'm not allowed to do malacha. But the Torah does, but yet it doesn't, not, not all malachas asr, only some malachas asr, below perish. And yet the Torah doesn't tell me, Eiza hamuteres, ve'eza asura, right? Which is asr, which is mutter. Da ure'e shalomasrun ala lechachamim hayodin lahavin al eiza lahatil haheter, val eiza lahatil haisr. Shabbosai Kaddish Baruch Hu left this to Chazal to determine what are you allowed to do on Chalamayid, what are you not allowed to do on Chalamayid. Veheim yomru, eze yamtiv api kiddush hariya, v'asr b'chamalacha, veheze chalos shamayid she'enu asr b'chamalacha v'achalos shamayid. Shabbosai Rashi says, Digmar saying even something more profound. Remember, the entire essence of yamtiv is in the hands of Chazal, right in the hands of the, uh, of the Rabbanon, right? How so? Because remember again, how do you establish when Yom Tiv is? Based on the calendar, right? So you have, to, you have to establish the calendar, and then ultimately again, you establish Yom Tiv. So Chazal established the calendar, thereby established the dates of Yom Tiv, thereby telling you what's the first day, what's the seventh day, what's Chalamayid, and then in Chalamayid itself, Chazal will tell us what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do. So by the way, this notion, this notion that Yom Tiv really is based on the power of Chazal is reflected in Kiddush. Remember again, how do we end Kiddush on, on Yom Tiv? Mikadesh Yisrael, and again, whatever it is. Why Mikadesh Yisrael v'hazmanim? Because again, Mikadesh Yisrael means Chazal established the calendar. And once Chazal, once the rabbis established the calendar, then Hazmanim, then Yom Tov, as opposed to Shabbos, how do we go ahead? How do we go ahead and conclude Kiddush on Shabbos? Barachat Hashem, Mekadesh Shabbos. Why? Because Shabbos is de facto Kiddusha. Right? Shabbos at the end of the day has nothing to do with me. In other words, I make Kiddush, I make Kiddush, that's, that's a mitzvah that I have, but Lamaisa, we just did this in Smichas Chavar. The Kiddusha of Shabbos is a de facto Kiddusha. 
It begins when the sun goes down on Friday, and it ends when three stars emerge on Matzei Shabbos. Whether I do anything or not, it's, a, it's an incredible yisod. So therefore, again, Rashi's pointing out over here, it's not just the pshat that the definition of Malachan Chalamai was given over into the hands of Chazal. Essentially, the entirety of Yom Tev is given over into the hands of Chazal. The entire entirety of Yom Tev. Rashi finishes up. He says, "Va'cholos shamay yagidulcha." And about Cholamay, Rashi says, "Chazal will tell us Eizu Malacha Asura Davar She'eno Avid Ve'eno Ve'Eizu Malacha Mutaras Davar Avid." Rabbi says, "Going back, hearkening back to our Moid Cotton days, right to the beginning of Moid Cotton, right about Beis Hashalch, and that's how we started out Moid Cotton, the halachas of Davar Avid on Cholamay." So it's absolutely amazing. So therefore, again, what comes out, the conclusion of the sugya is, there is an Isra Malacha on Chalamayid. What is the Isra Malacha on Chalamayid? So again, that's up to Chazal to define the scope and parameter. Again, we saw much of this already, uh, already in Masech Hasmoid Khan, that essentially, on Chalamayid, obviously, Ochal Nefesh is permitted, but again, otherwise, general Malacha, is not permitted, right? Unless, of course, you're talking about a Davara Avid, encountering the law. So we'll say it's just incredible to see. It's absolutely incredible to see how, and this is such a contrast, right? Think about this in just a moment, right? The parashios that we're in now, right? We're about to meet Hashem this week, we're to finish Chumishmo. So Pekudei. So we say, Truma Titzam Ve'ayakel Pekudei. So many details, so many details, right? Regarding a structure that we will never, ever have again. Right, there's never, I've mentioned this, there's never going to be another, another Mishka. Santab Shalak, when Mashiach comes, Chalash Baruch is going to say, you know what, we have some construction delays. Right, there's, there's, uh, right, there's, uh, what is it, supply chain disruption, right? So we're going to, you know, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Here's a Mishkan to hold you over. There's no such thing. All the details, all the details, every last year, more, more details than you ever want to know about the Mishkan, right? You've got in these parashios. And yet, Chalamayid, Chalamayid, I say Yamtiv, which is such a fixture to our lives, What's what's Asr, What's mutter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We know we, we know that there's an Isra Malacha. We know that there's an Isra Malacha. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, but Chazal have to figure out what's mutter, what's Asr. It's incredible to see what Hakadosh Baruch Hu chooses to go into great detail about, and what Hakadosh Baruch Hu chooses to go ahead and obscure the details. You ask yourself, so why would the Rebbeinu Shalom give us a body of Torah that at the end of the day has ambiguity? Just tell us. Just tell us. You gave us 630 misses. Just give me the list. What could I do on Chalamad? What can I do on Chalamad? And I'm say, it goes back to what we just said before. Hashem wants us to work on our Ruchnias. You see, if everything was spelled out, if everything was spelled out, you wouldn't have to labor over a sugya. If everything was spelled out, you wouldn't have to toil. Sure, it's, it's always easier to have everything spelled out and delivered, right? Like spiritual Instacart, right? You know, just, just put in what you want. It'll show up at your doorstep. That would be great. Except that's not what Hashem Baruch wants from Ruchnius. Ruchnius is only meaningful if you have to work. If I just show up and everything is just put out there and I don't have to toil, there's no, there's no accomplishment to that. You can gain knowledge like that, but you can't gain greatness like that. How could Baruch Hu purposely causes certain things to be ambiguous and obscure because he wants us to work. He wants us to toil. Because when you work at something, when you toil on something, you become a partner in the process. Hashem does not want us to be spectators in our Torah. He wants us to be partners in our Torah. Such an incredible use. So, when we turn to the Hasbeth Tainus, we also remember again, going back to the end, 
Going back to the end of the Mishnah, so the Mishnah, the Mishnah on Yudzan, yesterday's daf said that Yom Tevoach Achara Shabbos. So we'll say, so the Mishnah ended off by saying as follows. Remember, all the other Yom Tovim have Tashlumen, right? There are days after Yom Tiv that you have the ability to make up any sacrificial things that you may have missed. So the Mishnah talks about as follows. The Mishnah says over here that Yom Tovach, Yom Tovach was Achar HaShabbos, right? Yom Tovach for Shavuos, right? It was Achar Shabbos. So the Mishnah said, um, the Mishnah said, Modim That Basil agreed that if Shavuos fell out on Shabbos, then what? Then what? The Yom Tovach. What we call the slaughter day, which essentially is the makeup day, or choose not even the fully makeup day. Certain kabbanos you can't offer up on Shabbos. You would offer up the kabbanos of Shavuos on Sunday. However, when the Yom Tavoach fell out on Sunday, the Mishnah said, "Ain Klingodom Nislabish Bekelov Umutarin Behaspidu Betainis." Klingodom would not wear his clothing, regular clothing, outside of the Beis Hamikdash, and ultimately, again, the day would be permitted in eulogies and fasting. Why? Remember again, we saw this in yesterday's daf. There's an interesting dispute between the Tzedukim and the Prushim when it comes to Shavuos. The Torah says, HaShabbos, right? Torah says, when counting between Pesach and, excuse me, and Shavuos, you shall count seven weeks. We who believe in Torah Shabbat, we who believe in Torah Shabbat, understand that the day after Shabbos, the Shabbos in question over here is referring to what? Referring to Pesach. The Tzedukim who did not believe in Torah Shabbat understood that Shabbos means Sunday, right? Shabbos means Shabbos. And so, so according to the Tzedukim, Shavuos always fell out, had to fall out. On a Sunday. See, interestingly enough, we have a fascinating situation. Let's say you have a case where Shavuos really does fall out on a Shabbos. Therefore, the Yom Tovach, the slaughter day, right, to go and offer up some of the Karbanos, would have to be on Sunday. The concern we had in a situation like that is lending legitimacy to the halachic position of the Tztukim. In order to do so, in order to offset that, see, I'd, I'd offer up Karbanos on that Sunday after Shavuos, but what we would do is we would say that that Sunday, was permitted in eulogies and fasting. Now, what happens when you permit eulogies and fasting on that Sunday? What does that show? What does that show? That it's not a yomtiv. That it's not a yomtiv. Now, now, normally we would not have eulogies and fasting on the, make, on the sacrificial makeup day. We wouldn't do that. But because, again, we're concerned that if we don't allow that on this day, it will lend legitimacy to the position of the tzedukim, we allowed fasting and eulogies. Which will say... It's so interesting understanding what's happening. That Yom Tavoach, that slaughter day, does have sanctity. It does have sanctity. And you really shouldn't eulogize and fast on that day. But here's what's fascinating. Sometimes, in order to go ahead and uphold the legitimacy of Torah, you have to take shortcuts with certain things. It's almost, Sometimes, in order to uphold Torah, you have to take shortcuts. So remember again, we saw this. Back in Masechus Megillah, Megillah Moedkan, right? Where was one of the first examples of this? By Boaz, right? Boaz instituted greeting people with Megillah, Meshem Hashem, with the name of Hashem, right? Boaz comes to the field, 
right? He says, Hashem imachem, Hashem, everybody's greeting each other, God, 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 this, hey God, what's that, God? All, all this stuff, everybody's greeting each other with the name of God. We're greeting each other with the name of God, where did this come from? Remember again, Boaz is the one who institutes, the fact that today we say, Baruch Hashem, or Shalom Aleichem, that comes from Boaz. You shouldn't do that, throwing around the name of God and greeting someone. Boaz was the one who felt that people had forgotten about God. And therefore, we had to reintroduce God into the day-to-day exchanges. We had to put God back on the map, right? Make God great again, right? We had to go ahead and bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu back into the day-to-day lives of people. So how do you do that? Introduce HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the greetings. Now, both said, that's not ideal. That's not ideal. But sometimes you have to do less than ideal things in order to go ahead and serve the greater good. So here's an example of this also. We're scared that if we treat that Sunday after Shavuos as a Yom Tiv, people are going to look at that as a win for the Baitusim. Therefore, again, what did we do? We tell people, give your Kabbalah spot. You can also deliver eulogies and go ahead and fast on that day. So it's an interesting story here. So the Gemara says, Itmar, Maisa Umais Alexa. Alexa died. Alexa died, right? Alexa died. Can you imagine how quiet the house is if Alexa dies? Right? So I say, so Mace Alexa, and boss in all seriousness, who is Alexa? Who is Alexa? So it's fascinating. So I say, so first of all, again, the Yerushalmi has a version where it's not Alexa, but it's Alexander. So again, it's a reference to Alexander the Great. Right? Remember again, Alexander the Great was very good to the Jews. So ultimately, again, many attended, wanted to attend his Levaya. Others say, I will say, it's actually interesting. There is an Amora who is quoted in a number of different places as Rebbe Alexa. Rebbe Alexa, he doesn't really, he doesn't, again, doesn't appear in the Bavli, appears, I should say, appears in the Tosefta and appears in the Yerushalmi. So quite fascinating. So either an Amora, Named Rabbi Alexa, or perhaps again just a little bit of a typo, and it's supposed to be Alexander. Okay, in any event, what happened? My soulmates Alexa Belud. So Alexa died in Lud. And I will say, when was this happening? Apparently, again, this was happening on the day after Shavuos, what we would call the Yom Tovoach, the slaughter day. So everybody was coming in to eulogize him. Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Tarfon prevented people from eulogizing because of Yom Tov of Shavuos. Yom Tov of Shavuos. Yom Tov Sagadaitcha. So I will say again, Yom Tov. This was a Leviah in Yom Tov. Ibi Yom Tov Mikaasu. I will say if, it's a, if it was a Yom Tov. How, how, so I will say, so again, remember, this also depends. See, if it was Alexander the Great, Alexander's Leviah could have been on Yom Tov. If, however, again, it was Rabbi Alexa and Amora, would he have a Leviah on Yom Tiv? But I will say, even if it was Alexander the Great, the Pashtas Jews wouldn't be coming to a Leviah on Yom Tiv, right? Even if Alexander the Great would be coming for Yom Tiv. Yom Tiv. So how could you tell me it's on, it's on Yom Tiv? Oh, it wasn't Yom Tiv. It wasn't Yom Tiv. What was it, Rabbi It was what we call Isruchag, the day after Shavuos, which again, we know, again, from a sacrificial perspective, has sanctity, because it is the day in which you could offer up the Karbanos of Shavuos. So I will say, what do you see from here? That's a contradiction. Because what did we just say? Our Mishnah said that, Allah you can go ahead and offer up, excuse me, 
the day after Shavuos, you're offering up Karbanos, right? The Karbanos of Shavuos. And I will say, we know that Halacha Lamaisa, the Mishnah said, you're allowed to eulogize on that day. So why is Rabbi Tarfon not allowing them to eulogize on this day? What's going on over here? Lokasha, it's not a contradiction. Here we go. Kan biyamtav shechalios achra shabbos. Kan biyamtav shechalios b'shabbos. I both say this is actually quite fascinating. When did Chazal allow you to go ahead and eulogize after yamtiv? After yamtiv, both say that it was in a very specific situation when Shavuos fell out on Shabbos and the Yom Tavoch is on Sunday. That's when, so say, let, let's take a step back for just a moment. Isru Chag, the day after Yom Tiv, does have a quasi-Kedusha associated with it. And especially on Shavuos, that is a clear makeup day. So let's remember again, on the other Yom and Tovim, you have a Chalamayid, right? So Pesach, whatever you don't get to do on the first day, you could do on Chalamayid. Sukkot, whatever you don't get to do on the first day, you could do on Chalamayid. Shavuos is unique like this, because Shavuos is only one day. So Lamais, you have the Yom Tavach, the day after Shavuos. Shavuos says, so Chazal only said, we want you, so to speak, to eulogize and fast on the day after Shavuos in a very specific situation, which is when? When Shavuos falls out on a Shabbos, and then the, we'll call the Yom Tavoach, or Isruchach, falls out on a Sunday. That's when we're concerned that if you treat that day with any level of Kiddusha, it lends legitimacy to the position of the Tztukim. But if Halach HaLamaisa, Shavuos falls out on any other day of the week, then what? What's the status of the Yom Tavoach? What's the status? Isruchach. Isruchag, and therefore what? No eulogies and no fasting. So it must have been, the Gemara says, that Rabbi Tarifon didn't allow them to eulogize. It must have been where the Yom Tavach, the Isruchag, the day after Shavuos, was a different day of the week. It wasn't a Shabbos Sunday setup. Look at Rashi. Yom Tov Shechalios Becholhu, Dein Yom Tovach Shalom Yom Echem Shav. So it must have been that when Alexa died, Rabbi Alexa or Alexander, when they died, ultimately the Leviah was on the day after Shavuos, but it wasn't a Sunday. It wasn't a Sunday. So I will say, when you have a situation that Halacha Lamaisa, the day after Shavuos falls out on the day of the week, other than a Sunday, there will be an Isser to go ahead and deliver eulogies and fast. This also seems to be a raya that it can't be, really be a reference to Alexander. To Alexander, it must be a reference to Rabbi Alexa, because otherwise, how would Rabbi Tarifon have power over eulogies? Unless, of course, it's talking about a situation where Alexander the Great died and Jews gathered by themselves, not at the Levaya, not at the Levaya, to eulogize the king. Okay, either way, I will say, what comes out of here is as follows, that the Mishnah's halacha, that you're allowed to go ahead and eulogize and fast on the, on the Yom Tavach, the day after Shavuos, is dafka only when what? When Shavuos is a Sunday, and the Yom Tavach, sorry, Shavuos is a Shabbos, and the Yom Tavach is a Sunday. We purposely downgrade the holiness of that Yom Tavach, so as not to lend legitimacy to the erroneous halachic positions of the tzedukim. However, when Shavuos falls out on any other day of the week, and therefore the Yom Tavoach is any other day other than a Sunday, or obviously a Shabbos, then Allah said that day has a quasi-sanctity attached to it, and therefore fasting and eulogizing will be usher. Well, say there's a whole discussion here also, not our topic for today, but understand... Shavuos actually, we saw this actually earlier in the Sugya, Shavuos actually doesn't just have a one-day makeup period, but Shavuos actually has a seven-day makeup period afterwards also, which is why for our purposes, interestingly enough, everyone 
well, no one says Tachadun on Isruchag, right, on the day after Shavuos, what we would call the Yom Tovach. But Allah, Allah, said, there is a minog not to say Tachadun, many, many, many abide by this minog, right? Many hold by this minog. Many are machmed on the minog to include the extra week, right? So not to say Tachadun for that entire week after Shavuos as well. Good. We'll say this brings to a conclusion. Our sugya. We'll say now we come to a really incredible new sugya and some halachos of Tumantara. Now, don't get nervous, don't get nervous. This is friendly Tumantara, exciting Tumantara. Right, I will say again, and remember, understand, when you learn these sugis, we'll say sometimes, for honest, sometimes when we see Tumantara, you know, we tend to, uh, we tend to, we tend to not zone out, but just, you know, get a little bit nervous, right? Tense up a bit. Oh, when is it going to be? Maybe we flip forward a couple of pages. All right, so this is going to be with us for a little while, Tumantara. But I will say, but understand, when you learn the halachas, when we learn the halachas of Tumantara, remember again, I will say, these are the halachas that are applicable during Mashiach. So just understand that what we're doing is we are preparing ourselves for the Geula. When I learn Tumantara, and I will say, and I make a goal, I, like, let, let's really try to understand these sugyas. When I try to understand it, that was when Mashiach comes and everyone else is scrambling to figure out how to eat this or how to do this or how to conduct themselves in this situation, we will, Emir Hashem, be ready. We will be ready to go ahead and master. We'll be ready. We'll be ready to conduct ourselves just in daily life. So we'll say, let's see the Mishnah. It says in the Mishnah, so now, we're actually starting out with an interesting, an interesting discussion here. So we're going to see that there is a type of... See, normally when we speak about tevila, when we speak about immersion, so immersion usually means the entire body. There is what's called, we'll call netilas yadayim. Netilas yadayim, which literally means, an, or, or it should say tevilas yadayim, an immersion of the hands. So there is a concept in halacha that yadayim askanios, right? The hands are, are all over the place. In other words, I touch things, I touch things that may be unclean or impure without even realizing, without even realizing that I've touched something. So there's a concept there for that before partaking of anything that has some level of sanctity, one is supposed to go ahead and immerse their hands. Now, this is a rabbinic concept. This is a rabbinic concept because midda there's no such concept of just immersing your hands. Either what? Either you immerse what? Your body or nothing. There's no such thing as a quasi-immersion. So, no, the Mishnah says, I immerse, I wash, literally means I wash my hands. But we're going to, of course, this means in a mikvah. I wash my hands for chulin, for meiser, and for chuma. And I will say meiser in this context means meiser sheni. Right, remember again, Meister Shani is the tide that I separate and I go ahead and take it to Yerushalayim to consume it there. So I wash my hands for Chulin. We'll discuss why for Chulin. For Meister Shani and for Truma. Truma is the portion, of course, that is given to the Kohen. Look at Rashi. And we're talking about over here that it is enough to go ahead and simply wash my hands. Right? I don't have to immerse in a mikvah, but I can wash my hands with a utensil that holds at least a revius of water. Ula kodesh matbilin. However, for kodesh, for kodesh, we'll say, now what's kodesh? Rashi says over here, avalech shlamim ochatos ve'asham lekohanim yesh maila shetzarech lahat b'yadayim ba'arboim sa'ah. If you want to partake of karbanos, that requires me to what? To go ahead and immerse my hands in a mikvah. So watch, so okay, you're going to see a progression. So to eat chulin, 
to eat my sushani and for a coin to eat shuma, all I need to do is to wash my hands with a kli that holds at least the revias. If I go ahead and I want to eat sacrificial items, that requires immersion of my hands into a mikvah. Lechatos, chatos in this context means to touch waters of para aduma, right? What we call mechatos. Remember again, person comes in contact with the dead in order to go ahead and rid oneself of that ritual impurity. You take the para aduma, you slaughter it, you burn it, you reduce it to ashes, you mix the ash with spring water. That concoction, that mixture is sprinkled upon the person who has contracted a ritual impurity, and that's how they become tar. Now, Bosai, in order to handle mechatas, waters of paraduma, im nitmu'u yadav nitmagufo. When it comes to paraduma, Bosai, if your hands become tame, your entire body becomes tame. Rashi says over here, lechatas, liga mechatas, hamayim hamukdashim be'efer para, lahazos melal tamei meisim, yeshmaili yisera, we're going to see, let's say, we know this already. The greater the sanctity of an item, the more sensitive it is to impurity. So therefore, again, for example, when it comes to mechatos, when it comes to mechatos, if my hands become ritually impure, even with a very low-grade tuma, the entire body becomes tummy and requires an immersion before handling the mechatos. Good. Tava. So we'll say, so those are our categories. The category working from lowest to highest. So therefore, again, chulin, maishersheni, truma, assuming that I, I, know, I know myself to be ritually pure. The only thing I need to do before I partake of those items is what? Is what? Wash my hands. Wash my hands from what? From what? A kli, a utensil. Next level up, next level up. So kodesh, if I want to partake of karbanos, right? And I know myself to be ritually pure. What do I need to do in order to partake of the karbanos? Immerse my hands in a mikvah, right? What we call tevila asyadayim. Immerse my hands in a mikvah. Now next category, highest category, chatos. If I want to handle the waters of paraduma, what do I have to do? Pretty much what do I have to do? I have to go to the mikvah. Right, because if I assume that maybe my hands have any level of ritual impurity, then Allah Chalamai said I have to go to the mikvah before handling the waters of the waters of the paraduma. Next, next, tavol lemaiser. So I'm saying now here's so now we're switching gears. I go to the mikvah. So we'll say let's say I go to the mikvah tavol lemaiser. We'll say you know it's, it's one of the things. It's it's interesting. You know, it's one of the things that we miss out with not having the base hamikdash is the mikvah. Right? And sometimes, again, the role, you know, we, we, we think about mikvah, we think about for women, but the truth is the mikvah plays such an important role in a man's life as well. This has been a little bit lost in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash. So again, you know, so some of us go to the mikvah every Arab Shabbos, if not every Arab Shabbos, at least before Yomim Noraim. And, you know, we forget the power of a mikvah for a man as well. Just the ability to be topal, the ability to immerse oneself and the cathartic effect that that has upon an individual. So the, when Mashiach comes, you know, Tvila is going to, once again, not just for him, but Tvila for men, is going to become such an important part of our lives. So Tavol Lemaiser, so Tavol Lemaiser, we'll say, so now listen to this. Let's say a person went to the mikvah, and a man went to the mikvah with the intention of eating Maiser Shani. Chokzak Lemaiser, Asla Chuma. So we'll say, the Lashon of Yerzatzas, Tavol means you go to the mikvah, Chokzak means your intention. So I go to the mikvah for the purposes of eating my sushani. Right? Even though I both say, do you have to go to the mikvah before eating my sushani? No. What do you have to do? Wash your hands. 
So, okay, but the case over here is the person went to the mikvah. So I went to the mikvah. I went to the mikvah to eat my sashani. Uh, that didn't sound right. I didn't go to the mikvah. I went to the mikvah in order to ready myself. Although I'll tell you, my, my, my boys tell me they go to the mikvah on Shabbos. One of the mikvahs they use, right, when you come out of the mikvah, they have a bakery and like a kugel shop. I'm like, I just hope people get dressed before they buy something, right? That's, that's my only, right? That, that's the only, right? But, but again, you know, this is the duty of not having a health department, right? So, so again, and it, the, yeah, just interesting stories. In any event, so I'll say, so, so over here, over here, the Gemara says, Tavo Lemaiser, Hoksak Lemaiser. Well, so I go, to the, I go to the mikvah, I go to the mikvah in order to go ahead and eat my sashani. Hoksak Lemaiser, and my intention ultimately again is to eat my sashani. Truma. I can't, based on that tvila, eat truma. So this is really something quite fascinating. Did I? I know I skipped. Did I skip? Yeah, I skipped. I'm sorry. Taba lechulin, hochzak lechulin, aslamaisa. I went to the mikvah for the purpose of eating chulin, and then what happened? My kavana was tit chulin. I'm not allowed to go and eat maiser based on that tvila. Look at Rashi. So this is really interesting. So what the Gemara Mishnah is teaching is as follows. If I go to the mikvah with the intention to ready myself for something, that explicit intention precludes me from doing something else. If I went to the mikvah for the purposes of going ahead and eating chulin, of eating chulin, that tevila, that immersion does not allow me to go ahead and consume my sashimi. Tavala maiser, hochzak la maiser. If I went to the mikvah for the purposes of eating my sashimi, again, and my kavanas for my sashimi, also the truma. Based on that immersion, I can't eat truma. Tavala truma, hochzak la truma, also the kodesh. If I went to the mikvah for the purpose of eating truma, going, go to the mikvah for the purpose of eating truma, and my kavanas for truma, I can't eat karbanos based on that immersion. Tavala kodesh, person went to the mikvah for the sake of eating sacrificial items. Hochzak la kodesh, and my das was for kodesh. Aser lechatos. Ultimately, again, I cannot go ahead and handle waters of paradumos. So we'll say fascinating halacha. So what it's saying is if you immerse for a specific purpose, that immersion only works for that purpose, but for nothing higher. However, it do, the opposite does work. Taba lechamar, mutra lekal. So we'll say, however, it goes without saying, if you go ahead and you immerse for a more chamar purpose, it allows you to go ahead and do anything beneath that. So for example, if you go ahead and go to the mikvah for the purpose of Kodesh, let's go with Kodesh for example, and I have in mind that I'm going to the mikvah for the purpose of eating uh, shlamim, right? So, we'll say, what is, so what doesn't that allow, what doesn't that allow me to do? Chatos, right? It doesn't allow me to handle the waters of paraduma. What does it allow me to do? Right? Truma, Maeser Sheni, Chulim. So, which is, which, is, which is intuitive, right? Which is logical. So again, going ahead and going to make a for a particular purpose allows you license to do anything below it, but not above it. However, I both say, listen to this. But if you go to the mikvah and you don't have any kavanah, it's as if you didn't go to the mikvah at all. Look at Rashi, Baalma. So I will say, if a person doesn't have kavana, it's as if they weren't tovel at all. It's as if you took a bath. Good to take a bath. Very good to take a bath. But Lamaisa doesn't help you with any levels of kedusha. I will say, what, what a powerful line. What a powerful line. Sometimes in life, you can go through all the mechanistic motions. Right? Sometimes you could go ahead and check all of the behavioral mechanistic boxes. 
But if you do the actions, but you don't have the kavana, if you go through the motions, but you don't have the heart, you don't have the intention, you don't have the mindset, then the actions become meaningless. Now, that's not always true, right? Sometimes actions by themselves are, do something, even without, even without mindset. But I've said, listen to this, you know when it doesn't work? When do actions by themselves without kavana not work? In the pursuit of Kiddusha. In the pursuit of Tara. If you're looking to become pure, right? If I'm looking to cleanse myself of that which I've done and elevate myself to a new level, actions without kavana don't affect the necessary results. See, I will say, when it, when it comes to mitzvahs, for example, I could do mitzvahs without machshava, right? I could do mitzvahs without thought, without kavana. And the truth is, technically, it works. Technically, it works. When it comes to Tara, when it comes to purity, when it comes to a desire to become purer and holier and more Kaddish, if I just go through the motions, but I don't have any Kavanas, it's not, it's not laced with thought, then ultimately, again, that's not the road to Tara. That's not the road to holiness. Big day Amaaretz, the clothing of Amaaretz, Midras Leprushin. So I will say, these are really all fascinating halachas. The clothing of an Amaaretz, I will say, Thomas Medras, Thomas Medras, we've seen this. This is by Azov. Right, for example, a Zav who goes ahead and sits on something, supports his weight on something, conveys what's called Tumas Medris to the item which is supporting his weight. Shabbos so said the clothing of Ameha Aretz, the clothing of ignorant people, these are people who are just not versed in the halachos of Tumantara. Is that it? That's it, okay. That's it, sorry. Have a great day, everyone. And thumbs up. I say, so big day, Amar Aretz, Midras Leprushin. So ultimately, again, the clothing of an Amar Aretz is Halacha Lamay. So I just want to know who's setting, who, who has an alarm to go off at 10 to 9? Who's sleeping till 10 to 9? That day, Allah, go off. Ridiculous. So whoever you are, see me after Shir. See because you have way too much time on your hands if you're sleeping till 10 to 9. Incredible. So I say, so big day, Amar Aretz, Midras Leprushin. Shabbos so said, listen to this. The clothing of an Amar Aretz, they, are, they have Tumas Medras to Prushin. I'll say, who are Prushin? It's fascinating. These Mishnah who are Prushin? I'll say, Prushin, Kishmokin, who? A parush means someone who's separated. Prushin were people, regular people, who were vigilant with the laws of Tuma and Tara. They were vigilant with the laws of Tuma and Tara. So the clothing of an Amar Aretz, the assumption is Amar Aretz, we'll say, we just started Mesechus Demai. Yesterday, it's not today, but Mishnah is here. If anyone hasn't joined up yet, it's really, really great. You have a WhatsApp group. We post it every day. Clear it on your own. So Demai, Mesechus Demai, is all about again Amei Aretz. Amei Aretz often were just they were they were the ignorant folk, unlearned individuals who did not know halachas. Amongst halachas, Amei Aretz did not know the halachas of Tumantara. Tumantara. So therefore, again, the Gemara says over here, the clothing of an Amei Aretz are considered to have Tumas Medris for Prushin. Big day Prushin, Medris La'ochle Truma. Let's listen to this. Yet the clothing of Prushin were considered to be half Tumas Medris for people who ate Truma, i.e. for Kohanim. So I'll say, it's fascinating, by the way. There's always someone holier than you, and there's always someone less holy than you. Right? The, the way, it's, the way, it's the way it works. It's the way it works, right? So for, for the Prushim, the clothing of the Amaaris was Tameh. Right? For the Kohanim, the clothing of the Prushim was Tameh. Big day ochle truma, medras lekodesh, right? And I will say the people who ate karbanos, they would, right, they would treat the clothing of those who ate truma, regular kohanim, ultimately as tameh, big day kodesh, medras lechatos. And those who went ahead and dealt with the waters of the paraduma, 
they treated even the clothing of Big Day Kodesh, of those who ate Kodesh, as having Tumas Medrash as well. So we'll say, the idea is the same tears. It's the same tears. Yosef, again, we'll, we'll get into all of this in the Gemara. Yosef and Yo'ezer, Haya Chassid Shevikuna. Let's listen to this. Yosef and Yo'ezer was one of the Chassidim of the Kuhuna. Right? What, what, a, what a title. Haya Chassid Shevikuna was one of the most pious members of the Kuhuna. And what? Vahaiso mitpachto medris lekodesh. He had his handkerchief. His handkerchief was considered to possess Tumas medris for those who handled the waters of the Para Aduma. Yochanan ben Gudgida haya ochal altaras kodesh kol yamav. Yochanan ben Gudgida, who I will say was makbid his entire life to always eat everything, both chulin as well as consecrated item. Bita altaras kodesh, everything he ate. He ate, I will say, on the level of sacrificial sanctity, and yet, vahaisa mitpachto medras lechatos. And yet his handkerchief was also considered to possess tumas medras for people handling para aduma. So we'll say, the point the Mishnah is saying is, para, it's interesting to see by the, the highest level of sanctity is ascribed to para aduma. Para aduma, good. Let's begin to dissect. So we'll say, you begin to see, by the way, it's, it's really interesting. And this is Ottoman Tara, but it's really, really fast. Let's begin to dissect it. So we'll say, so let's, let's, let's back up a little bit over here. So the Mishnah started out by saying that you have to wash it, you have to do natila sedayim for chulin and for maiser sheni. So really, do chulin and maizer sheni require netila siadaim or minhi? The Gemara asks the question: Hatshuma vabikurin chayav and alein misa v'chomesh. Let's listen to this. Bryce says, "So it's truma, truma." Both remember again: truma is the portion you give to the kohen. Bikurim, first fruits, chayav and alein misa. If you eat them intentionally, if Yisrael eats these intentionally, it carries the death penalty. The chomesh, chomesh is if you eat it unintentionally, you have to pay back principal plus a fifth. Ba'asr lazarin, and ultimately again, non-karma not permitted to eat it. Vehein nichse kohen, and I both say truma and bikurim belong to the kohen. I both say Rashi says, what does it mean to belong to the kohen? That if a kohen wants to be makadesh a woman, he wants to, he wants to betroth her by giving her an item of value, and the item of value he gives her are bikurim or truma that works. Va'olin be'acharumea, and they're bottled in a mixture of 100 to 1. Unitu'unin tilas yadayim, and they require netilas yadayim before eating. Ve'her of shemesh, and if you become tame, it's not enough to go to the mikvah, you have to wait till nightfall in order to eat them. Hare elu b'truma bikurim. All of these halachos apply to truma and bikurim. Masha'in kain b'maiser, but it doesn't apply to maiser shemi. The whole shekain bechulin, and all the more so bechulin. So we'll say, what do you see from here? You see explicitly that Allah there is no din of netila. There's no din of netila. Ultimately, again, by truma, excuse me, by ma'aser sheni and by chulin. So kasha ma'aser ma'aser, kasha chulin achulin. So how do you reconcile this with the Mishnah? So bishlama ma'aser ma'aser lo kasha. So maybe it's not a contradiction by ma'aser sheni. Why harabi meir of harabanan? Both maybe it's just two different opinions. How so? This none. Here we go. Kalaton biasmai midirei sovrim, metamei asa kodesh, uposal asa truma, umutra luchulin, ulamaisa divrabi meir. So, we'll say, listen to this. Anything that requires tevila, right? Midrabanon. Anything that requires tevila midrabanon, and ultimately, again, has the ability to convey tuma to kodesh, 
which refers to sacrificial items, and can render truma invalid, but by chulin and meiser, ultimately again will be mutter. So we'll say Rabbi Meir holds, Rabbi Meir therefore is of the opinion, that neither chulin nor meiser sheni require any type of either immersion or washing before partaking. The chachamim will agree with chulin, but ultimately hold that Meiser Shani does require at least an Atila. So I will say, so okay, so now at least for Meiser Shani, we can reconcile it. Perhaps, again, Meiser Shani, Rabbi Meir is Machmer by Meiser Shani, that it requires Natila, our Mekel, and therefore our Mishnah that says that Meiser Shani does not require Natila is reflecting the view of the Chachamim. Hello, Chulun Achulun Kasha, but what do you do about Chulun? Lo Kasha, Haba Achila, Haba Interesting, I will say. Maybe the way to resolve chulin is one is talking about eating chulin and one is talking about touching chulin. Look at Rashi just a moment. Four lines up from the bottom. Rashi says, Bachila, Masnisin Demasrich Natila, Bachila Kamar. Maybe when the Mishnah says that you have to wash before chulin, it means chulin consumption. The Braisa that says that you don't need any washing before interacting with chulin is talking about what? Touching chulin. There is a distinction between eating chulin and touching chulin. Eating chulin requires natila. Touching chulin does not require anything. So Bosai, what the Gemara just wanted, so therefore again, halacha lamaisa, what the Gemara just wanted to try to do over here is as follows. That there's a fundamental machlogis by Maeser Shani. Does Maeser Shani require natila before consuming it or not? Is a machlogis Rabbi Meir and the Rabbanon. Rabbi Meir says yes, the Rabbanon say no, and therefore again, I'm sorry, just the opposite. Rabbi Meir says no, the Chachamim say yes, and our Mishnah, which says that you need Netila prior to partaking of Chulin, is the Chachamim. Is the Chachamim. However, again, it by, that's by Maeser Shani. That's by Maeser Shani. However, again, when it comes to Chulin, when it comes to Chulin, there's a fundamental distinction between eating Chulin and touching Chulin. If you're eating Chulin, everyone will agree that you require Netila, washing of hands. If you're touching Hulin, ultimately you're not. We'll stop over here for today. Emir Tashem will pick up with the resolution of this. And again, we'll say we're going to emerge from this sugya with the real working understanding of at least these halachas of Tumantara. Exciting, exciting days ahead of us. Shkoyach. All right, Chavran Zoom, have a great day, everyone. Oh, did I freeze? Instead of saying, I'm going to have to feel like maybe if you wash out, you should just say Shema. Right. <laughs> Probably true. Especially depending where he washes. Where? Out.